chapter sixty six of the maid of scar this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the maid of scar by r d blackmore chapter sixty six the maid at last is dentified however as too often happens we blamed a good man without cause a good man rarely deserves much blame whereas a bad man cannot have too much whether he has earned it or otherwise to restrain him from deserving more the reason why sir philip bampfylde kept us so long waiting proved to be a sound and valid one namely that he was engaged in earnest and important converse with his daughter-in-law lady bampfylde now wife if you will please to remember to commodore sir drake bampfylde although by birth entitled the honourable isabel carey the one that had been so good to me when i was a ferryman of superior order certainly but still no more than a ferryman since my rise in the world began i have found out one satisfactory thing that a man gets on by merit how long did i despair of this and smoke pipes and think over it seeing many of my friends advancing by what i call roguery and but for the war which proves the hearts and reins of men as my ancestor says i might still have been high and dry being too honest for the fish trade however true merit will tell in the end if a man contrives to live long enough so when the beautiful lady came out through the room where i sat waiting as i touched my venerable forelock to her as humbly as if for a sixpenny piece a brave man's honest pride wrought weakness in my eyes as i gazed at her i loved her husband and i loved her and i thought of the bitter luck between them which had kept them separate partly of course the glory of england and duty of a proud man's birth partly also bad luck of course and a style of giving in to it but ten times more than these the tricks that lower our fellow-creatures this noble and stately lady did not at first sight recognize me but when i had told her in very few words who i was and what i had done and how long i had sailed with her husband and how highly he respected me her eyes brightened into the old sweet smile although they bore traces of weeping my name is not lady carey she said for i was calling her thus on purpose not knowing how she was taking wedlock and being of opinion that an honourable miss ought always to be called a lady my name is lady bampfylde and i like it if you please although i remember mr llewellyn what your views are of matrimony you used to declare them only too plainly whenever we crossed your ferry for the purpose as i used to think of driving poor nanette to despair of you 
and a lucky thing for me your ladyship to have acted so consistently but his honour the commodore of course holds the opposite opinion it is hard to guess the opinions of a commodore always on service sir drake as i dare say you have heard can scarcely bear to come home now i saw that she was vexed by something and also vexed with herself perhaps for having even hinted it for she turned her beautiful face away and without a word would have left me but with my usual quickness of step i ran into the lobby place and back in a moment with our delushy clinging like a woodbine to a post at such moments i never speak until women begin with questions it saves so much time to let them begin because they are sure to insist on it meanwhile delushy was making the prettiest curtsey that presence of mind permitted you lovely dear why who are you cried lady bampfylde with a start that bade me dread hysterics i do not know madam answered delushy with the whole of her mind so well in hand by reason of years of suffering but many people believe me to be the bertha bampfylde that was lost nearly twenty years agone what the baby the baby at least one of the babies that my husband david llewellyn this is very cruel of you and that was all the thanks i got while what could i have done otherwise in five minutes more she would have been off in her grand coach with six horses after offending sir philip so much that he could not have borne to look after her although of course he was now coming out like a gentleman to a visitor seeing such a pay night coming and a large confusion i begged colonel lower and captain bluett to keep for a little while out of it and nothing could more truly prove how thoroughly these were gentlemen than that they withdrew to a niche of the under butler's pantry wherein they could hear no word of it it was now my place to stand forward bravely and to put things clearly without any further loss of reason and even without considering how these delicate ladies might contrive to take my meaning nicely to spare good ladies from any emotion is one of the main things of my life although they show such a want of gratitude when i have done my utmost but as for frightening sir philip of course i had no scruple about that because of his confidence in the lord therefore abandoning lady bampfylde to the care of her maid who was running up from the servants hall to look after her i fixed my hook screwed on for the purpose firmly into delushy's sleeve that she might not faint or run away or do anything else unreasonable and i led her up the long hall to meet sir philip as he came down the steps at the upper end thereof the old general looked rather haggard and feeble as if the power of his life were lowered by perpetual patience but something had happened to vex him no doubt in his interview with lady bampfylde so that he walked with more 
than his usual stateliness and dignity he had never beheld me as a one-armed man nor yet in my present uniform for i took particular care to avoid him during the day or two spent at his house before i went to burrington so for a moment he did not know me but gazed with surprise at the lovely figure which i was sustaining so clumsily sir philip bampfylde allow me i said stretching forth my right hand to him to repay you for some of the countless benefits you have heaped upon me by presenting you with your long-lost granddaughter and your grandson to come afterwards it cannot be it cannot be was all he could say although for so many years he had shown his faith that it must be his fine old countenance turned as white as the silver hair that crowned it and then as red as it could have been in the hopeful blush of boyhood and the pure and perfect delicacy of high birth quickened with sorrow prevented him from examining the lushy as he longed to do speak up child speak up said i giving her a haul with my hook as when first i landed her can't you tell your dear grandfather how glad you are to see him that i will with all my heart the maiden answered bashfully yet lifting her eyes to the old man's face with pride as well as reverence as soon as i perceive that you sir wish to hear me say it you will not think me rude i am scarcely strong enough for this it has come on me so suddenly and it must be quite as bad for you lead the young lady to a chair llewellyn or stay i beg your pardon it will perhaps be better to call our kind and worthy housekeeper sir philip perceived a thing which had escaped me though brought to my notice beforehand by our good colonel lower that is to say how hard it would be upon the feelings of this young girl to have her identity as crowner bowles entitled it discussed in her own presence therefore she was led away by that regular busybody the housekeeper mrs cockhanterbury while i begged leave to introduce colonel lower and captain bluett to sir philip bampfylde and then when all had made their bows and all due salutations i was called upon to show my documents and explain the evidence so carefully gathered by me it is as much above my power as beyond my purpose to tell how that ancient and noble gentleman after so much worry from the long neglect of providence took as if he had never deserved it this goodness of the lord to him of course in my class of life we cannot be always dwelling on children whose nature is provoking always and in nothing more so than that they will come when not wanted yet are not forthcoming with the folk who can afford them nevertheless i think that if the lord had allowed any thief of a fellow much more one of his own ministers to steal two grandchildren of mine and make a savage of one baby and of the other a castaway the whole of my piety would have been very hard pushed to produce any gratitude 
sir philip however did appear most truly desirous to thank god for this great mercy vouchsafed to him even before he had thoroughly gone through the ins and outs of the evidence for he begged us to excuse him while he should go to see to our comfort and two fine bottles of wine white and red appeared and began to disappear under my hatches mainly before our noble host came back to set us a good example and when he came he had quite forgotten to dust the knees of some fine kerseymere and the shins of black silk stockings deep sense of religion is quite in its place when a man has had one arm shot off still more so if both arms are gone and after a leg indispensable nevertheless it must not be intruded upon any one no not even by the chaplain till the doctor shakes his head knowing also that colonel lower had a tendency towards it enough to stop the decanters if he should get upon that subject with the arguments it sticks fast in i was delighted to see delushy slipping into the room as if she had known the place for a century the general clearly had managed to visit her during the time of his absence from us what passed between them matters not except that he must have acknowledged her for now she went up to him and kissed him rather timidly perhaps but still she touched his forehead then he arose and stood very upright as if he had never begun to stoop and passing his arm round her delicate waist both her hands he took in his and as they faced us we were struck with the likeness between blooming youth and worn but yet majestic age gentlemen he said or rather i should call you kind good friends you have brought me not only a grandchild but the very one i would have chosen if the whole world gave me choice by and by you shall see her stand by the picture of my dear and long-lamented wife that i think will convince you that we want no further evidence for me these thumbnails are enough bertha show your thumbnails she laughed her usual merry laugh although she had been crying so while she spread her dainty hands exactly as she used to spread them when she was only two years old with me alone to look at her here it is sir cried the general overlooking me in the rush of his sentiments towards the colonel here is the true bampfylde mark even the bassets have it not nor the tracys nor the st albans will you oblige me by observing that these two thumbnails have a most undoubted right and left to them bertha do try to keep still for a moment well i declare said the colonel calmly taking out his eyeglass yes i declare you are right my good sir here is a most evident right and left andalusia do stand still not only in the half-moons at the base but in the vein and what i may call the radiance of the pinkness i cannot express my meaning but my darling come and kiss me this delushy did at once as for years she used to do and not being certain even now whether she ought to forsake the colonel for a general though proved to be a very fine and newly turned-up grandfather 
none of us had thought of her and the many shifts of female wind coming to pass perhaps inside her little brain and heart so wherefore this poor david who desires always to be the last but by force of nature is compelled forever to take the lead i it was who got her off to bed that we might talk of her End of chapter sixty six